welcome to the Kosafa Show with Mark Gleason and Nick Said. Welcome to our eighth edition of the Kasafa Show as we enjoy the timely return of international football on the African continent this week after almost a year without matches for our Southern African nations. We have an interview with current Supersport United defender Bongani Kamalo, who may be an ex-Bafana Bafana international, but also has strong ties to another Kasafa nation. He reveals his club's preparations for the new season and reflects on his time in the national team. Also in the show, we have an interview with Mozambique coach Luis Gonzalez. They are currently in Portugal preparing for international friendly matches against Guinea-Bissau and Angola. We'll talk you as well through the other fixtures involving Kosafa countries in the coming days. We are delighted to be joined by the experienced Supersport United defender Bongani Kumala, who famously scored against France in the 2010 World Cup and is one of the few Bafana internationals to be born outside of South Africa, still very much a Southern African, and of course, captain his country as well. Supersports are camping in Polokwane ahead of the 2020-21 Premier Soccer League season, where they will also start the defense of their MTN8 title against TTM next weekend. Bogani, thanks so much for joining us. How are those preparations going? Hi, uh, yeah, very, very good. I mean, I think so far, I mean, the guys have done well um, in terms of just staying fit. Um, we did have a little bit of a break, but even within that little break, you know, we still had to submit sort of like runs and so on and so forth. Um, we're in Polokwane now, and it's the first time here where we've come here, and it's actually rainy and quite cold, so that's been interesting. Um, but all in all, I think the team is good and, and most of the players are fit, good to go. Ten years now, Bongani, since the World Cup in South Africa, uh, a great occasion for everyone concerned. What are your memories of that tournament and do you feel that South African football has kicked on as much as it should have since then? Oh, um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a, long, a long time ago now, but um, I mean, certainly it was, it was a special time for the country and, and every player that was involved. Um, I don't think any, any player that's been part of that generation or that would have played has, has experienced anything since. Um, so, that is the, so that is very, very special. Uh, in terms of, I think, I think post the World Cup, I think we all expected a lot more, um, just in terms of, 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 our, of the progression of our game and, and fans coming to the stadiums. But, you know, I don't, I don't think that there's been enough growth considering, you know, how big and, and, and massive the World Cup was for us, um, which is, which is slightly disappointing. But I believe there are some positives. Um, you know, we have amazing arenas that we get to play in now, um, with our local league. And and I think, you know, for, for the national team, whether it be football, rugby and so on, you know, there's, there's just incredible arenas where fans can come together and, and truly appreciate special games together. You spent five years in England and Greece after that tournament. Uh, what was that experience like? And do you think South Africa exports enough players from the PSL these days? Oh, it was it was interesting. I think, you know, when I went over, you know, the first year was very, very hard. Um, it was very hard. The first year would have struggled just settling in and injuries and all sorts. And I took it the next year I took I took away, I went away, I went away to Greece, which was an interesting experience in that as well. It was a very different style of play, but you know, I think towards the end I started enjoying it and, and, and felt like I did well. Um it was a good season for the club as well that year. 
Um, and then I went back to England. I was at Lona Doncaster. I think it was all about, you know, gaining experience. Um, you know, I was obviously a youngish player at the time and I'd had a great experience in the World Cup and, you know, they bet on potential. Um, and I was willing to work hard. I wasn't, I didn't mind taking, you know, a couple of steps back to, to get me forward. And that was the move that, that, that obviously that move to Doncaster came about and, and I felt I was doing well and, and, you know, um, uh, I mean, I think I think a lot of people would know. I mean, it's not necessarily a, a club that would challenge for promotion as such, but you know, they they've just been promoted from League One and, and had good players. And you know, when you start a season fresh, you obviously want to compete and, and finish as high as possible. Um, so that so that was a challenging um, club to play for, and it provided great tests. And when I felt as if you know I'm really really getting used to football in England and the style and then just the the pure intensity of it all, you know, I found myself. Here in Randburg, you know, laying on a bed wondering whether I'll ever play football again. Um, certainly that injury, you know, suffered against Brazil was, was, at the time I didn't realize how big it was. I think I only realized once I started playing again how big it was. And I think that that was a blessing in itself just to be blinded in terms of that and just focus on just getting, getting better. But the timing of it was, was, was worse, you know. Um, and but I've got no regrets, you know. I gave it all my heart and soul. And some things in football work out, and others don't. You know, I'm very blessed that you know I'm still playing. You know, I've had a, I've had quite a few years of, of playing this game, and and I still feel good. And, and and for as long as I feel good, I'll keep going and try and help and inspire all those around me. And what many people can't take away from you is the fact that you've also won uh, three successive league titles with SuperSport between 2007 and 2010, and then another one with the uh, Bidvestmits. Um, I'm going to ask you to 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 pick the best. I, mean, I know it's tough to choose between your children, but which which was the best of the titles? If I'm honest, you know, the first one. I remember the first one. I mean, the first one was 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 just. I think the first one is always the most special one because it's everything is new. And I think at the time as well, it was my first season in the PSL, so I don't think I realised the significance of it. To be honest, um, at the time. Um, but I think it all hit home in the second season in terms of the difficulty. Um, having played the first and the second, I think, you know, you noticed, you noticed how teams would, would, would play against you and how they'd gone and play against other teams after you. I mean, teams would, would struggle to get a 1-0 victory and then the next team that they play against would go hammered three or four. So I think it just showed how much, well, at the time, how much we used to take out of teams and how much teams, how much effort teams put they put up against us whenever they played us as, as, as obviously the reigning champions. And obviously to carry that pressure for, for, for what first, well, the first, yes, we won it, but the second and then the third year and still finish on top. I think that's, that's the special, um, that's the special part of it all. Um, but certainly I think, I think personally I'd have to say, I think the third one was the sweetest one because I think by the time I got to the third one, I think I realized, you know, how special it was and, and that it was, well, I was blessed to be part of a, a, a truly, truly great generation of players and, and, and a great coach. A bit of a similar question, I guess. Uh, but outside of the 2010 World Cup, what would you say is your, your favorite memory of representing Bafana Bafana? Very hard. I think, you know, all the games for the national team, have, there's no game that's, that's the same. I mean, you, you, you play in some tough territories and, and, and I've obviously played, a, I've, I've obviously played for different, um, different coaches within the national team setup. Um, but there's certainly been, been, been games where, where you felt really good on the pitch and then the atmosphere has been incredible. Um, so I'd have to say, I mean, easy. I think the first couple of games post World Cup, I mean, they still had that special feeling in terms of the support and then the mentality of the players at the time. Uh, we had an identity that everyone believed in and bought into, and that was fantastic. Um, I think we're very, very unlucky, you know, with what happens in terms of the qualification for, for the AFCON, you know, 
obviously at this point, you know, I mean, we didn't qualify because of a technicality and the fine print in the rules. And that was very, very disappointing. Um, but yeah, I think that run, that run was quite special even post the World Cup. Now the um, cliched uh, question that all journalists ask of veteran footballers like yourself. You're 33 years old. How long are you still going to play? And uh, what ha- what's the store for you once you do hang up your boots? Um, sure. Well, at, the, <laughs> yeah, at this point, Mark, yeah, again, very cliched to say, but I think I think obviously got this from Gavin where you just worry about that. For as long as I can be fit and available for the next game, you know, I'll keep going. And for as long as, you, you know, you've got a contract, you'll go. But focusing on just enjoying every single day as it comes. Um, it's been a great journey thus far. I haven't spent much time looking back. I think there's only been moments where I've looked back and appreciated sort of like the progression, which I think is important at times to kind of keep you going because, you know, I mean, day-to-day football is very, very tough and challenging for the mind and the body and all sorts. Um, but yeah, I think for me now, it's just I've got, call it, I've got until July and then from there we see next but post football you know I, do, I would like to remain in the game now we can't let you go without asking you to explain your Eswatini connection yeah <laughs> you know my mom um, I think in my first season I think it was was, was part of part of um, you know when I, when, I, when I yeah my day in my debut season I think that was, that was one of the biggest headlines and, and I remember my mom saying I, I wish I wish I'd just crossed the border <laughs> I wish I'd just crossed the border when I was carrying you um you know, mom, obviously, my mom would have grown up in, in Nile Spreads and so on and so forth. But, you know, when I was born, you know, they'd met when my mom was studying at the University of Swaziland at the time. And and as it were, you know, that that, that turned out to be my birthplace. And But, you know, all my life I've, I've, I've been in South Africa, you know, South Africa is, is all I've known. But I do, um, I'm well aware of my roots in, in Eswatini and I'm very proud of those roots. And, you know, it's a place that I, that I do visit whenever I do get time off and, you know, I do love the people there, very humble people, good people. Um, and, and yes, I do have family there. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's literally the connection. But yeah, my mom used to joke about it all the time, being like, oh, I wish I'd just crossed the border. I would have saved you so much trouble to have to explain yourself time and time and time again. We have with us today the coach of Mozambique, Luis Gonzalves, who we are delighted to say is joining us from Portugal, where the Mambas are preparing this week for two friendly internationals against Guinea-Bissau and Angola. Big thank you for your time, coach. First of all, uh, can I ask you, have you been successful? Thank you, thank you. Assembling all of the players that you want for this camp, even with the COVID restrictions? Uh, no. <laughs> I call, I call uh, for this camp uh, that uh, began earlier. Uh, because, as you know, is on the next five is when the 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 data FIFA starts. But we start earlier, and I call uh, 34 players, and uh, we are in Portugal right now training uh, with the players that uh, play in Mozambique, because the clubs in Mozambique uh, they cooperate with us, and uh, I took the players. I can say. Yeah. But uh, some players, a few players, uh, they don't come because, uh, uh, for example, Luis uh, Miquel, he plays in Tanzania, he don't come. Uh, Reginaldo plays in um, Kazakhstan, don't come. Klesio in Azerbaijan. Because uh, this pandemic, these restrictions, uh, the, their clubs uh, doesn't allow it. And um, they ask, they ask us to to don't call them. Uh, but uh, right now I have uh, 16 players here with me. We are training, already training. We uh, we 
we began yesterday and uh, on next Monday we I think we're going to have all group together. And the, the the lack of football in Mozambique, uh, the fact that the league is uh, is still is is still not being played. I mean, you know, obviously there are a lot of players now without the regular yes. match fitness. I mean, how how big a dilemma is that for you? How much do you worry about that? It's a, a question. Uh, we are running against the time. I can say uh, that's why we began early with uh, these players from Mozambique. We are trying to compete this situation with our our training. Uh, so far, so good. But of course, when you're gonna play eight against uh, Guinea-Bissau, a friendly match could be could be different uh, because uh, we have players that Europe and players that not play in Mozambique right now. So. But uh, we have to manage this. And you made you made a very good start to your uh, Cup of Nations qualifiers, the four points against Cabo Verde and against Rwanda. Um, but obviously yes. now uh, Cameroon is a completely different test. Eh? I mean, how what is, what is the potential yes. to do something against Cameroon? Powerful team, the, the country that organized the competition. So uh, we're going to play against Cameroon. That uh, they already know that qualified. So besides that, they they're going to play, of course, to win. And we're going to play to win also. We know they are favorites. We have a, a very confident team. We, have, we are growing like a team, of course. I'm going to see. Uh, the, 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 the first question is to evaluate the players on next Monday. I need to evalu- evaluate players. Uh, how are they? The last time Mozambique were in the finals, obviously, was in 2010 in Angola. I mean, is there a real pressure on you to qualify for this next tournament? Yes, 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 absolutely. <laughs> Everybody wants to to qualify, and uh, we need to evaluate the situation with uh, reality. So uh, we're gonna see, but uh, we are confident. We we're gonna do our best to to be qualified. But it's true, uh, very big pressure to to qualify because ten years, uh, it's too much. You were appointed in August last year, so that's uh, 14 months in charge, but you really only had a handful of matches with the team. You beat Mauritius in the World Cup, of course, and then you had that friendly with Kenya, and then the two qualifiers yes. in November. I mean, h- how frustrating has it been just sitting there uh, with this COVID lockdown and with the disruption to world football and, and, and just being in limbo almost? Yes, that's, uh, this, this is a new situation for everybody uh, all around the world. And, but to, we, we try to do our best. Uh, we try to, to keep connected always with the players. And uh, it's important to know how are they, how are the, the families, uh, if they are training at home uh, when they, are, they aren't at the club. And uh, as you know, different different uh, situations because uh, the players that are in Mozambique they are different that the players that that are in Europe. But uh, always connected, always trying to to uh, how can I say to uh, use the time, use the, the way useful way, use the time in a useful way. You know, but it's not easy. It, it was a, it's new for everyone. You know, the the most important thing is to be connected always with the players. Yes, I, I say you were you were not the only yes. coach, I suppose, suffering in the same way. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I believe. 
I believe so. Uh, let, but... me ask you, let me ask you a little bit about uh, Mozambique itself. I mean, we know your CV. You worked at Sporting Lisbon. You worked at Benfica in the youth. You worked in Saudi Arabia. You were in charge of the Chinese junior national teams. So you obviously know mm-hmm. a lot about youth football. What is, what is the potential of the Mozambican youth? I mean, where are the new Eusebios, the new Mario Colunas, the new Matetus? <laughs> yes. I understand the question, but uh, these are different times, I can say. But uh, we have talent. The, the Mozambican player, uh, he has talent. Uh, so, but we need to organize better the, the youth teams, the clubs that uh, work with the youth. And uh, we need to, to do, to do a, a plan. A plan, and we are we are working on that. We have uh, we have a new technical director uh, since December last December, and uh, we are work together to to make a plan to develop the the youth because I believe that's the key. Because we have talent in Mozambique, but uh, we don't have uh, many things, many other things that we, that is needed to develop the players. You know, infrastructures, uh, fields. Um, we we need to to improve the the coach education. Uh, we need to to improve in the, the nutrition and the other things that uh, are very important in the in the plan that uh, we need to implement to develop the players. But the talent is exists, and so we have to to bet more on youth. You know. So do you do you see the do you see the job as a long term project? I mean, do you get the feeling that the Mozambique Mozambicans have got patience that you can have some time to try and develop what you want to develop? It's a dilemma. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, uh, I I believe I can uh, stay a few years to help uh, to to give my contribution to develop the Mozambican. Football, uh, but in the other way, uh, everybody wants to to go to the the, the Afcon finals, you know. So <laughs> we'll see, we'll see, because the 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 new president from Federation, uh, I think he, he is patient, but we'll see. I'm gonna do my best as a coach, but uh, I would like to stay long, long term in a long term project. Not only uh, be responsible for the, the first team, for the national team, but uh, to, to give my contribution to develop the, the football, the yeah. football here in Mozambique, because I, I have, I have uh, uh, many experience in the youth, in the youth, and uh, I, I believe I can give a, a good contribution, you know. It's been interesting to see uh, some of the Lusophone countries, I think more uh, Guinea-Bissau and Cabo Verde, of course. Yes. They look nowadays only at the diaspora of the the players first second generation born in europe yes. but, but with parents from africa this uh, yes. latest, the latest angolan squad that uh, they announced for 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 the match against you has some players from uh, born in germany some players born in france with mozambique yes. uh, with mozambique you only really have stanley uh, ratifio what about yes. other players who have one parent from Mozambique, born in Europe? Yes. How much are you looking in the diaspora, yes. in the European leagues for these players? Always looking, always search, searching and always evaluating. 
and we are working on that. Uh, in, uh, I believe, next November, maybe we can have uh, one or, or more two players. Uh, I can, uh, I, I don't want to say the names, but we are working on that really. So I believe that's that's important for for our team because uh, those players they can give uh, other experiences to the team, you know, and they have different experiences, of course. And uh, I think they, they could add value to the team. So we are always searching, always looking, always evaluating. But besides that, there's a, a bureaucratic process that uh, gonna gonna have ti- uh, needs time, you know. Yes. But we are we are working on that. Yes. And and when you say you're working, I mean, what does that involve? Do you have to go yourself and talk to the to the young man and try and persuade him that uh, to 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 take an international future with? Yes, Mozambique? that's the first step. What yes, else that's do you need the first to do? step. If if uh, if I if I detect a player that I I believe that could be a, a good option uh, that could bring value to the team, the the next step, of course, after evaluate the player after. Uh, decide that player could be a good option. Uh, that's the next step: is to talk with the player and uh, explain uh, the, the uh, what what we want from him. And uh, if he agrees, uh, there's a, after that uh, a bureaucratic process that uh, the federation and the government uh, they have to to do uh, near FIFA and uh, to get the authorization. Yes, but that's that's the that's very important. If a player he doesn't want to represent the, the national team. We can't, we can't do anything, you know. Last question I want to ask you, Coach, before I let you go, is uh, maybe taking you a little bit into the future. The World Cup qualifiers have been moved now from November to June. Cameroon again, yes. then the Ivory Coast. Yes. And your neighbors, Malawi. Yes. I mean, were you given a horror draw? Yeah. <laughs> That's a very difficult group uh, indeed, but uh, we're going to play uh, match by match, I can say. Uh, we're going to do our best. And uh, uh, I used to say, uh, I, I have the right to dream. So <laughs> we're going to do our best uh, match by match, but it's a very difficult group. If if we we... Uh, win the group. That's uh, a huge, a huge uh, step for Mozambique. After that, if uh, that happens, we have the playoffs. So, <laughs> but uh, match after match, that's the philosophy, uh, and uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna do our best. That was certainly an interesting chat with Mozambique coach Luis Gonzalez about their matches coming up when what is a bumper set of international fixtures in the coming days with uh, Mozambique and Angola in Portugal, of course, and Comores, who are in Tunisia, playing some matches there. Mark, we start off uh, this evening with uh, Kenya against Zambia, another test for Micho Shredajevic uh, after his game against Malawi on Wednesday. Yes, it's heartening to see that so many of the Kasafa countries have taken up the opportunity of this window to um, play some friendly matches. As you know, the competitive start for Africa is only next month, so teams were free to decide whether to play or not in this in this uh, 10-day period. And uh, you know, there's quite a, a level of uh, commitment when you send a full squad to Portugal, as Mozambique and Angola have done, or uh, in the case of the Comores, when you send uh, a team to a squad to Tunisia, and in fact, Madagascar as well, because they are playing uh, 
in Luxembourg and also in Morocco in the next uh, couple of days. But Zambia too, traveling to Nairobi, then they're coming down to South Africa. They're obviously mixing it up a little bit with a Chan squad looking ahead to the Cameroon tournament uh, in January and uh, also then looking ahead to vital, vital games for them against Botswana next month in the uh, Cup of Nations qualifiers. Remember, they haven't got any points yet. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, that's the, the problem for coaches is you don't want to go into those Nations Cup qualifiers completely undercooked. And these teams are in, uh, for many of them, an unprecedented situation where they haven't played games since last November. So, you know, these, these matches are crucial. You know, South Africa up against uh, Zambia on Sunday, another game for Zambia. That'll be three games in six days for them, crisscrossing across the continent. Um, it's, that's huge for, for Coach Malefi and Seki, isn't it? Yes, it is. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him as a new coach, too. And he's missed out on, on lots of opportunity uh, over the last year, uh, given that uh, we, we've all been locked down with this COVID crisis. I think it's perhaps a little easier for him in the sense that the league in South Africa was completed. And uh, there has been some game time for the players and that the league will start again next week. And obviously teams are in pre-season training. Um, there are many other leagues like Mozambique and Angola, for example, Zimbabwe, where they haven't uh, got back underway and players have not had a competitive football match uh, since March. And, and that's obviously a huge factor when you look ahead to the games next month, you know, uh, and Luis Gonzalez said that as much in the interview earlier was about how um, undercooked almost the players will be and how unsure he is as a coach, uh, what he's going to get from them physically um, when, when, they, when they play this week and indeed when they play next month. Another interesting one on Sunday will be Malawi against Zimbabwe after, of course, Malawi traveled to Zambia on Wednesday, uh, taking a pretty strong squad uh, with guys like Gabrino Mahanga, the Orlando Pirates striker. Um, Zimbabwe, there has been some talk that that game would not go ahead as they had not yet received uh, government approval for it to be played. But if it is played, it's, it's a fascinating clash. Absolutely. I mean, we know the potential of Zimbabwe. We saw what they did against Zambia in last November in the in the Cup of Nations. We've seen how powerful their squad is. Obviously, uh, travel is somewhat restricted, particularly for the international players. So um, the squad that they'll have is, uh, is, is, is nowhere near as strong as it potentially will be next month when they resume the Cup of Nations qualifiers. And of course, they can take another big step towards qualifying for Cameroon. But then it's a good chance for the new coach as well to um, to have a look at some of the locally based players. I know he's been back in Harare for the last couple of weeks now after the lockdown to prepare for these games. And, you know, we were talking about teams having to have game time. And I suppose that's no better exemplified when the Comores take on a Tunisia under 20 team uh, on Sunday as well. It's just about getting minutes under the belt, isn't it? Yeah, there's been a little bit of criticism uh, from the Comorian community, if you look on uh, on social media, about that game. They do see it as, as a little bit of a of an insult in a way, A, and B, perhaps, you know, physically not the kind of test that the Comores uh, would require. Maybe it would be better for them to go and play a French club, for example, as a few... Uh, correspondence on, on, on social media pointed out. But I mean, they're into, they're in Tunis in a camp. And I think that's the most important thing. They're all there already. Uh, they, they, you know, the game against Libya, uh, is a full international. 
the game against the under-20s is an opportunity to bring in three or four of the new faces that they've got in the squad as well, try to integrate them in. So I, I think, the, the, you know, the, and there's no pressure as well in terms of results. So I think the coach will be, will be pretty happy with, uh, with that outcome, even if uh, some of the Camorians feel a little bit insulted by the fact that Tunisia are not uh, playing the national team against them. They're going to play Nigeria instead, but that they're sending the under-20s. Yeah, and then just two two games after that, on Monday, we've got Madagascar against Burkina Faso, which is taking place in Morocco. And on Tuesday, then uh, Mozambique take on Angola in a all-Portuguese clash there, I guess you could say, taking place in Portugal. Yeah, I mean, that's a fascinating contest, always is, between those two countries. And uh, they've got, you know, strong squads, both of them, for the camp in Portugal. And they're... Angola in particular are a, a team perhaps in a little bit of a mini crisis, having uh, done very poorly in the uh, Cup of Nations qualifiers last November when they last played. You remember they lost at home to the Gambia, which is probably the, one of the worst home results that uh, Angola have ever had. So, you know, the, the opportunity again to have everybody together. I think there's a little bit of a transition too in the Angolan side. There's a lot of new faces, a good opportunity for them. Uh, against decent opposition because they, you know, Guinea-Bissau is their first opponent, and then and then Mozambique. Uh, neither of those countries will want to lose what is effectively a little bit of a derby match. It's sure to be a fascinating few days of action as our national teams work through the rust to fine-tune themselves for the resumption of the Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers next month. Yes, and what a relief it is to see international football back on the African stage. Remember, you can also listen to more of our podcasts on Sokoladuma Radio, Kasafa.tv, Spotify, and iTunes. And you can also get the latest news via our website at www.kasafa.com and on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Goodbye, and we look forward to your company in a fortnight's time. Mm-hmm.